Welcome to The Inside. The Inside podcast series is created by students at Southern New Hampshire University under the director of Dr. Lowell C. Matthews. For this season, students in Business Ethics 301 explore the ethics of incarceration. My name's Matt. My name's Zoe. My name's Kate. My name is Dan. My name's Nick. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the stigma and employment of incarcerated individuals. To start off, we're first just going to talk about stigma and what that actually means, in case many of you might not be familiar with that. So a stigma is a process that occurs when elements of labeling, stereotyping, separation, status loss, and discrimination co-occur together in a power situation that allows the components of stigma to unfold. And when it comes to the criminal justice system, there is a lot of stigma around incarcerated individuals who are currently serving their time and and especially those who are formerly incarcerated now. And the stigma that surrounds a former convict, for instance, someone who has paid the debt asked to them by society, follows them like a cloud judgment and they find negativity a lot of the time wherever they go because of that. And so this stigma has been around ever since the criminal justice system began way back when. And over the years, it unfortunately has continued to stick around and in some cases worsen when it comes to the ability of formerly incarcerated people to find employment and such. And, you know, people often think of stereotypes around incarcerated people as those who come from low socioeconomic statuses and are part of certain minority or race categories. But with this, the word criminal honestly falls within every single category of this. And unfortunately, that word is something that sticks with them and is what brings the stigma with them because when they do go out in public, the stigma is what follows them. And, you know, because of this, they can have a really hard time overcoming this stigma and especially just with their own mental health and all of that going forward. It can be really discouraging knowing that you always have this label following you wherever you go. And it's also the thought as type of thing where it's almost as if you have a tattoo across your face. Yes, you were incarcerated and, you know, you can keep that hidden for as long as you can. But then sometimes when it gets out there, people will stigmatize you and look at you differently, which isn't fair because people make mistakes. And that stigma, unfortunately, is something that has been around far too long. And we are unfortunately not really seeing a change in that. And so with that, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the employment and how that's the stigma is impacted with employment and formerly and recently unincarcerated people. Yeah, thanks, Kate. So moving into like the employment aspect of this conversation, um, we know that the unemployment rate right now uh, for formerly incarcerated individuals is around five times higher than unemployment for the general United States population. And it's kind of crazy to think about uh, because a lot of these individuals want to find jobs and they want to work, but there's such a like, large stigma around them. And that's why it's so hard to find a place to work because no one is willing to provide work for them. And it's also known that 25 to 44 year olds who were formerly incarcerated, around 93% of them are either employed or they're actively looking for jobs. And that's compared to around an 84% among the like general public and peers around the same age. Um, and there's a lot of talk, there's a lot to talk about in this. And 
all the challenges and the process to find employment. So there are many processes and challenges for incarcerated individuals seeking employment. Reasons why ex-offenders do not get employed is due to lack of education skills, limited work experience, substance abuse, and mental health issues. The attitudes and choices that former, formerly incarcerated individuals make can limit their employment. They could find low-paying jobs and receive very few benefits. Incarcerated individuals go for low-paying jobs due to their criminal history. And formerly incarcerated individuals who do land part-time jobs and uh, receive an income, a low income, can put them way below the poverty line. Challenges in finding employment start before release and inmates do not receive state identifications quick enough. It is very challenging for formerly incarcerated individuals to find employment due to criminal records, employment gap, and lack of skills. There is a process for formerly incarcerated individuals to find jobs, such as joining training programs that can cover expenses. States can offer training and education opportunities that can help formerly incarcerated individuals. They can help develop skills for employment and for incarcerated individuals searching for employment, they will need a resume and to pass the hiring process as well as a background check and an interview. And finally, formerly incarcerated individuals can find jobs by contacting community organizations and connecting with employers to seek full-time positions. Yeah, Dan, I think a lot of those are great points. And um, I think when it comes to how to remove the stigma and improve employment for those who were previously incarcerated, it's a difficult question and one that won't be solved overnight. But um, some of the ways you can attack it are funding, education, and uh, voting. Specifically within funding, uh, donating and supporting nonprofit organizations or state-funded organizations who help previously incarcerated individuals find work or employ them themselves, like you had spoken about, Dan. Supporting uh, organizations involved in providing previously incarcerated individuals with resources necessary to support a life outside of incarceration, some of which are, but there are many local and non, I mean, and national organizations working towards these sorts of societal changes. Uh, The Refoundry is a national organization. Their mission statement is to provide formerly incarcerated people with the skills and opportunity to achieve financial independence and become leaders and job creators in our communities. A couple other organizations such as Jails to Jobs or Fortune Society. But there's many different organizations that you can look up and find. And whether it's, like I said, local and in your community or nationally to support these types of issues. And when it comes to the stigma, it's really about education and awareness and spreading awareness and researching these issues related to the matter. Speaking and learning directly from those who are or have been previously incarcerated is important in really humanizing instead of dehumanizing those individuals and sharing information related to these issues on social media and other outlets as we've seen within the past five to ten years on any social issue. It's become really a way to highlight these different different types of issues on social media and get the word out there or just going out into the community and talking with individuals about these issues whether they're someone who is in charge or someone who isn't either way and I think Kate you had some information regarding an anti-stigma campaign that you wanted to talk about 
yes, I did. And all those points that you made are great resources and great ways to try to overcome the stigma of incarcerated people. And with that, the anti-stigma campaigns are something that there aren't many around that we know about, but with that, it just shows that these campaigns are needed even more to counter the criminal record stigma that if formerly incarcerated individuals have faced. And along with that, there's different ways that this can be accomplished when it comes to what should be a part of these campaigns and how to make these a success. And parts of that are to comes up with practice when it comes to ways to help incarcerated people manage this stigma and how to go about impacting them when it comes to education and awareness for community members as well as incarcerated individuals. And along with that, a lot of social action is needed to combat this stigma when it comes to the community and police level interventions that will help decrease the societal stigma and prevent negative impacts of it. And with anything, there's also a lot of research and evaluation that needs to be done in order to truly get a better outlook on how people in today's society feel about incarcerated people and whether there's a shift or if there hasn't been on how to truly combat this issue and just make it easier for those who have been incarcerated to be able to get back to a normal life after serving their time, which is something that is very much needed in today's society. And on that, I think another uh, way to attack these sorts of issues, like you can with any other issue, is uh, going out and writing to your legislators or voting for legislators who speak on these types of issues and worry about these types of issues, because that's always a great way to um, help combat these types of things. And also making fundamental changes to shift towards rehabilitation instead of enforcing punishment for those willing to make life changes, I think would be a would go a really long way into changing these sort of uh, foundational issues with incarceration. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the inside. And as such, we invite you to follow our podcast in Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. I do have a quote for the listeners. Formerly incarcerated people want to work. Their high unemployment rates reflect public will and policies and practice. Not differences and aspirations. Thank you for tuning in.